there's a moment where you have to say, pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. You're spraying that Windex all over the place. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 121. I'm Brian Sheely. I'm Ryan Joy. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We are in week 34 of our cross-training series here, continuing our discussion of watchfulness with a whole topic of readiness. And I guess, like you talked about on the last episode, we're at some level of DEFCON here. We're ready for whatever happens to come our way. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to bring it. Yeah, so it was interesting this week. I was watching a commercial. There was a woman who was sitting in a lawn chair, just reading a book while her kids were playing in the background. And all of a sudden, one of the kids kick one of those giant red kickballs, hurling toward the back of her head as she's sitting there. And the whole time, you're just like, no, you know <laughs> that this kickball is about to hit her square in the back of the head and she's not going to see it. And then out of nowhere, like at the very last minute, she reaches up her hand and just catches it. No look. It just looked impossible, obviously, that she was able to catch that ball out of nowhere. I don't remember what the tagline was, what the product was for. All I could think of was readiness. And this episode here talking about readiness, it's like, man, if God could have created us to have eyes in the back of our head, that'd be awesome. But spiritually speaking, I think we are expected to be looking around 360 degrees around us, always aware of spiritually what's coming to hit us in the head. It's, it's like every moment of your life, you are unwittingly involved in a game of dodgeball. <laughs> Spiritual dodgeball. You never I love know it. when when something's going to come at you from the left, the right, behind, and you got to be ready to swing around and catch it or dodge out of the way. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our first segment here on the episode, and that is like the teacher. So we're going to go to a story where Jesus shows us about readiness, and I think we see that in Luke 12. Verse 35 through 48, in this whole conversation he has with his disciples about being ready. Yeah, this this parable is about being ready. In fact, he starts with the words, stay dressed for action (laughs) and keep your lamps lit up and just wait. And he gives this picture of the servants waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that as soon as he walks home, sometimes you'll knock on a door and as you do your first knock, somebody opens the door. Oh, yeah. Maybe they were on their way out or something. Well, that's how ready these servants are. The master starts to knock and the door opens. He says, blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. And then he gives a twist on this story and he says... The master actually is going to come and serve them. He's going to make the servants the ones who receive his attention. He talks about coming in the second watch, coming into the middle of the night and the third watch. He finds them awake. Blessed are those servants. And then there's an interaction where Peter says, you know, are you telling this parable for us or is this for everybody? And Jesus basically says it's for whoever is going to be faithful. Who is going to be the wise manager that I'm going to find faithful? Blessed is that servant. But then he gives these pictures of the bad guys, the bad servants. Mm -hmm. If the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, he starts beating the other servants. He starts to eat and get drunk and have a party. That's not going to be good for him. He's going to get pretty vile, pretty violent picture cut into pieces. And then he gives a picture of another servant who knew his master's will but didn't get ready. And he's going to get a severe beating. And then one that didn't know 
and did what deserved a beating, he's going to get a light beating. And the point of that whole thing is summed up in the famous statement of Jesus, everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So what do you take from this story? Yeah, thinking about watchfulness, I guess I can see why Peter is scratching his head. Lord, are you telling this parable to us or for everyone? Because it sure sounds like he's talking directly to his disciples. And Jesus going in basically to saying how this applies to everybody is pretty important for us to understand that nobody's off the hook here. Nobody just Mm. gets to stay in the back of the boat asleep. I mean, not to say that (laughs) sleeping on the boat is a bad thing, but like, (laughs) seriously, we don't get a pass here. Jesus is not giving anyone a free ride into heaven. Everyone needs to be ready, and there's an expectation for everyone. And I think these three levels of punishment that he lays out here are really interesting to me in Mm -hmm. dealing with that issue. None of these things are positive. If they're not ready to go, they're going to be punished in some way. Obviously, the most severe of which is the servant who decides, well, I know my master isn't coming back right now, so I'm going to go beat all the rest of the servants, and I'm going to get drunk. He basically takes full advantage of living a life of sin while his master's gone and he gets cut into pieces, which is just terrible to think of. Then the servant who knew what the master wanted, but he wasn't ready, he's also going to get a severe beating, but not, not as bad as the first guy. And then these servants who didn't really know any better, like they didn't know what the master wanted, they weren't really plugged in, they're still going to get punished. They're going to get a beating as well, but it'll be a light beating, which... Still doesn't sound great. Like, that's not a good situation to be in either. So I love the end of this whole thing, though. The more we know, the more we're expected to do with that knowledge. The more we understand what the master wants, the more time we've been thinking about the master's will and following the master's will, the more he's going to expect of us in the end. And I don't know what the eternal implications of these punishments are. Like, are there parts of eternal punishment that are going to be worse than other parts of eternal punishment? I I don't know. But I think the answer here is that everyone needs to be ready. And if I just think I get a pass, well, I don't get a pass. And frankly, if I'm anybody in this story, I'm probably the one who has been entrusted with much and whom much will be demanded from. As a guy who's sitting here on a podcast thinking about the word of God, like I'm probably not going to be the one who just gets a light beating at the end of it if I'm not ready. I am expected to do something with this. And am I ready? Am I prepared to follow the royal rule, to follow Christ's kingdom, understand that he wants me to always be ready? Yeah, that's humbling. That is definitely a sobering thought when you think of placing yourself in that spectrum. It is interesting. This isn't the only place that Jesus talks about different levels of punishment, different levels of responsibility that, you know, God is going to be just in the way he thinks about the opportunities we had to do good, the situation we were in when he evaluates our choices. But yeah, I I am wholly without an excuse for sure. (laughs) I I don't have any, any room. And boy, if that doesn't put me in the danger of cut to pieces. 
Sure. <laughs> what a frightening picture and application that I totally did not take this parable to that place. I, I definitely appreciate the thou art the man that you just brought home <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> I had more fingers pointing back at me during that than they were at anyone else. So just so we're Well, clear. there are two guys sitting on a podcast talking about the Bible here. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, if you th- thought about three levels of punishment, I thought about three pictures of readiness here, and they're all mm-hmm. in those first couple verses of this story. They're not things that we think about, maybe seem a little foreign. So I want to translate them into modern terms. The first is to stay dressed for action and then to keep your lamp burning. And third, to stay ready like a servant waiting for his master to come home from a wedding. So starting with that last one, these wedding parties could last for a week back then. So you really have no idea when your master might return. One commentator, Daryl Bach, compares it to a babysitter not knowing when the parents will return. Oh, yeah. If you let the kids go wild and you think, "Ah, I'll rein them back in, pick up the mess when they get back, chances are they'll come back while you're all eating junk food and jumping on the furniture. And (laughs) Jesus wants us to be ready for him, for our master, our employer, so to speak, to return and find us doing exactly what he would want. Right. In fact, he gets home and we open the door just as soon as he knocks. And then the middle images of keeping the lamps burning. Sometimes we use the idiom, burn the midnight oil, which probably came from some of Jesus' parables, I would guess. It makes me think about when I would stay out late as a teenager. My dad would stay up and keep the light on the porch, and then he would keep the lamp on next to his chair in the living room where he was sitting. So the rest of the house might have been shut down as everybody else went to bed, but dad was up waiting. He left the light on for me and he stayed up. And that's the idea here is we haven't gone to bed. We're still up. We're able to see. We're tending the lamp. And when he comes, it won't be a surprise to us because we've been right there waiting. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, stay dressed for action, would literally be translated, let your loins stay girded. Getting ready to work. You know, how do you dress differently when you're ready to work? Maybe you roll up your sleeves or you put your work boots on. And the point is, that's not something we change into. We always stay in our work clothes. We always stay ready to serve, ready to work, ready to do our master's bidding. This reminds me of the thing that I tell all of my friends and neighbors who live nearby, including a long time ago you, said you're always welcome to come over to our house. Just give me a call five minutes beforehand so I can put my pants on. (laughs) Pants warning. The pants warning. You you got to text a pants warning. Yep. And to this day, (laughs) we still have friends who will drop by whenever, just so long as they've texted me the pants warning about five minutes ahead of time. And I think this whole staying dressed for action thing just really makes a lot of sense. Like you get home, most people are not going to stay in the clothes that they were wearing all day. I don't know about you, but I just come home and like, I totally, I transform. I'm like robots in disguise. I, I switch back <laughs> into my other mode, which is like pajama pants. Like that's what I'm wearing. And yeah, that is totally unready. That's unprepared. If I need to go out and actually do something work related, or if I need to get out there and go do some yard work or do something outside, like I'm probably not going to be wanting to wear my PJs out there. All of these reminders really are just about being ready, like getting yourself in that place. It's hard in this episode not to think about home alone, but like you really are just (laughs) at home. You got everything planned out. You're ready to go. You're prepared. And no matter what happens, 
when the master comes back, you're going to jump to action. You're there and ready for him to come back. I was actually thinking when you talk about the pants warning of all the memes of the Zoom calls that people weren't oh, ready yeah. for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Accidentally stand up or whatever. You are always on duty when you're serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean there's no rest, like you said, about sleeping in the boat. But Jesus was just as alert and aware of what was going on when he was sleeping in the boat. He was spiritually alive. And that's the thing is just walking in wisdom and in right relationship with the Lord and having the right heart and attitude towards him because he's always near. And someday, maybe today, he'll come and uh, call us home. All right. So let's get into our second segment here on the episode. And that is Deep Thoughts. And now Deep Thoughts. By Jack Handy. So we've got some deep thoughts about readiness here on this episode. So what is your first deep thought on readiness? Well, with college football starting in <laughs> less than two weeks, you know okay. me, I'm ready for some football and I'm thinking about defense and offense and defensive watchfulness. I occasionally listen to coaches talk about what it takes to get their teams ready to play. And when you're on defense, you have no idea what the offense is going to do. Your whole job is about reacting, about reading what's happening and having a plan ahead of time for what you're going to do in any situation. A linebacker might have one offensive lineman that they're watching to see what to do. That's their key. And they read their key and then they jump into action. And your reaction time, making the right decision quickly, jumping into action, getting to the right spot as quickly as possible, that's pretty much the whole job of a defender. So you put all your attention into that first moment, that first step, and being ready and keeping your eyes open. I never played football. My dad said I wasn't allowed. I probably wouldn't have been athletic enough to make a team anyways, but I played (laughs) tennis in high school. It's very different than football. Very different, but we've had to play defense too. If somebody else is serving... You get low, and then as soon as the ball was hit, we were taught, as we're swaying back and forth in a good position, good stance, we're taught to do this little hop, just getting you moving before you move to the left or the right as your quick reaction. And so much of it is about that quick reaction. And there have been times, spiritually, when I got caught flat-footed in life because I wasn't set, I wasn't ready to jump into action, like, When the offense sometimes in a football game starts to play while the defense is still moving guys on and off the field trying to get set, Mm -hmm. there's like no hope of the defense stopping that play. And there are times when I have the chance to serve someone or to offer a listening ear or to do good, and I miss it. The book of 1 Peter mentions readiness quite a few times, like one of the main themes of the book Sometimes I have an opportunity to talk about the gospel and I let it slip by. And so it's no wonder Peter says in chapter three, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Am I ready to talk? Am I ready to share, to defend, to explain? And of course, sometimes I'm caught by surprise when fiery trials come. Peter says in Fort 12, don't be surprised when fiery trials come. Be ready. Or when the roaring lion that wants to devour me sneaks up, as he talks about in chapter 5, verse 8. So the point here with all of these things that we're ready for is keep our eyes open. Or as Coach Taylor says on one of my favorite shows, Friday Night Lights, clear eyes, full hearts, 
can't lose. <laughs> keep your eyes open, keep your heart full, and you'll be able to stand in the moment of trial and difficulty. I like that idea of defensive watchfulness. And yeah. that kind of leads to my deep thought here, how like a prepper who's like getting ready for every possible eventuality or whatever, mm. like we kind of need to be that way prepared and ready to go for whatever comes our way. But there, there is a balance there that comes in that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about travel before I go on a trip and fly across country or whatever. I am thinking about every possible scenario ahead of time. Like, what if it's cold in my hotel room? I'm going to need a jacket. You know, what kind of <laughs> chargers do I need to bring? Like, I mean, I'm going through and making lists. I'm thinking about things ahead of time. Not that I am an overpacker, just to be clear. Like, I am not a person who's <laughs> going to just pack everything in the world. But I have thought about almost every condition, every situation, and I've specifically made choices about the things that I think are possible or likely. And Mm so that's the kind of thoughtfulness I think that we see in Matthew 25 when Jesus is talking about this parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Five of them bring enough oil for their lamps, extra oil, in fact, five of them don't. And Jesus calls these ones who brought the extra flasks of oil the wise ones. This is the kind of mindset that I'm thinking about. Like, what could happen? Well, in a perfect scenario, the bridegroom would have come right away and we wouldn't have needed extra oil. But what if? And these virgins were asking the question, like, what if? Being ready for something that may eventually happen, being prepared for that. But I think there is a balance here because we could get so consumed over worrying about tomorrow that we go in the face of what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 34. Don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Like, we could go so far the other direction to where now we're just so consumed in what might happen or what could happen tomorrow. So there's a discernment to be had in making wise choices for what could happen tomorrow. But make sure that I'm not just being so consumed by that that I'm not able to function today. Yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those important tensions to manage between responsibility, taking responsibility and trust and faith. Right. You know, we take responsibility for what's ours, but you can start trying so hard to prepare everything. Like you said, that prepper mindset that then we start to lose that space for, well, we can trust in God for most of this, but we need to do our part. You can go the other way, too, and just say, ah, God will take care of it. It's all going to be good and not take responsibility. This point that you're making, by the way, is maybe if you were to make a top five list of the spiritual and physical points that are most close to my wife's heart, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is right there. I mean, yeah. she spends so much time just wanting to do the right thing, wanting to be ready for anything that comes up, even looking backwards and saying, what did I do wrong? Is there something that I should have done differently? Or is this just something I couldn't have controlled? And certainly Jesus is pointing that out to think about what is likely to come at me and how can I be ready for it? How can I be ready, like I was just talking about, with a ready answer for someone who might ask a question. Have I thought through what questions I might be asked? How can I be ready for the kinds of temptations that might come or trials, Mm -hmm. the kind of opportunities to serve 
and to make a difference in the lives of others that might come. So I, I think that's a really interesting aspect of watchfulness and readiness. And it kind of already is getting into that other side of what I was talking about, offensive watchfulness, <laughs> not just being defensive in our right. watchfulness, but being ready for those opportunities that might come. And a particular kind of offensive watchfulness I was thinking about is, again, not just watching out for danger, but watching out for the good stuff that can lead to greater gratitude, joy, maybe greater faith in God, greater peace because of that faith. Mm -hmm. The Psalms talk about watching for God in a good way, not watching out for him, but watching like in Psalm 59 verse 9 for the good work of deliverance and help that he's going to bring. I'm watching out for how you're going to save, how you're going to help. Paul mentions watchfulness in the context of both prayer and thanksgiving in Colossians 4, verse 2. We might have brought this up in the gratitude episode, but so much of gratitude has to do with keeping a lookout for the good stuff. Whenever I'm not grateful, it's not because I don't have anything to be grateful for. It's just I'm not looking for it. Oh, I'm yeah. not intentional about bringing that attention to what there is to be grateful for. I read a good book on gratefulness not too long ago. I may have mentioned this before too. It's called Wake Up Grateful. Mm. I'll put it in the show notes. But one of the main points is that appreciation is generative. The author says, what we celebrate with our attention will grow and thrive. Appreciation turns strangers into friends, food into a feast, creativity into art and people into their best selves. Appreciation can turn our planet into a sacred home and our community into an extended family. That's good. Yeah. In other words, if you pay attention with this intention to gratefully appreciate what's good, it creates a different kind of abundance in our lives. It creates a different kind of opportunity to connect with people, to rejoice in the Lord always, as Paul says. But it starts with blending watchfulness with thanksgiving, staying alert to everything that's good from the Lord. Yeah, staying alert, I think, is a huge part of this whole watchfulness. Mm. And I was thinking about this in my last point about how he talks about sleep so often. Jesus is constantly mm -hmm. bringing up the idea of staying awake, like in Luke 12, Mark 13. And I don't know, that kind of flies in my face. Like, I am somebody <laughs> who just loves to sleep. I mean, don't take, don't take that in the wrong way, but like, I love to sleep. I Sure, yeah. I wake up early in the morning, but I go to bed real early at night. Kind of an old man these days, <laughs> like turning in at 8.30, like I'm going to bed, see ya. And so when Jesus is talking about staying awake here, I think for me, it's a little bit of a wake up call, pun obviously intended there. While I think sleep is essential for our physical lives. And like we just talked about a little bit ago, obviously Jesus was sleeping in the boat and the fact that there's regular rest folded into the old law with the Sabbath and everything. I think we do need to be careful about this kind of spiritual sleep that Jesus is really dealing with here. It's the kind that distracts us and leaves us unprepared. And I think it's easy to slip into the motivation that, well, we can take a vacation, you know, we can go relax, we can unwind, and we can do all those things in a physical sense, but we're never going to disconnect ourselves from our job as a servant of Christ. Like, you're never going to get to go on vacation from being a disciple of Jesus. You're never going to get to just sleep in and not do the job of being a servant of Jesus without consequences coming with it. I, I should say we can do that. Obviously, we can sleep. 
But if mm-hmm. we do choose to do that, spiritually speaking, then we run the risk of the master coming before we're ready. And that's not a situation I want to be in. Just reminding ourselves that the battle isn't over. Our master isn't yet home. And so the rest is still on the horizon. The rest is ahead of us. And so balancing physical rest with spiritual rest, spiritual rest is something that I don't think we get to have right now. Yeah, I mean, another way to think of it is we have to rest while we're <laughs> while we're at work, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it makes me think of when I am mentally, metaphorically sleepwalking through my life. Oh, yeah. You know, like those times, maybe I, I drive home from work and I don't remember anything I just did. And there are times like whole periods of my life that, and, and it's it's not just in the distant past, it just happens sometimes that I'll go through days, even weeks, where I'm just not really focused and I'm just not attentive and I'm, I'm going through the motions. It's not like I'm just being a jerk to everyone or anything like that, <laughs> but I barely remember. I, you know, I, I don't wake up and map out what my intentions are. I don't dive into, you know, a really prayerful communion with the Lord. Even if I'm praying, which, you know, you have your rhythms of prayer that maybe are with you even through these periods. I'm not really giving it the kind of attention, the kind of watchfulness I want to have. And uh, and my fruitfulness decreases because I'm not relying on the Lord. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just living in a kind of sleepy way. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how else to say it. And it's it's not something I'm I'm proud of, but I have to acknowledge this is something that's a real danger for me. I can get lulled to sleep. Jesus talked about in Revelation 3 to one of the seven churches how they needed to wake up what was asleep and was dying in them. So, you know, they were still in a relationship with him, but there was something happening that they they just were not giving proper attentiveness and awareness and mindfulness to their spiritual walk with the Lord. Yeah, I think while you maybe struggle to explain what you're thinking or feeling there, I'm pretty sure everybody who just heard what you said knows exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. we've all been there. We've all been in that scenario where it's like, how did I get here? Like, yeah. what have I been doing? Like, I, I think I've been doing good things, but have I been doing productive things? What choices led me to this moment? And yeah, I don't know. I think every single one of us has probably been exactly in that same boat. So as we think about readiness and these deep thoughts, I think a lot of these things are going to fold into our through the week challenges. So I'm just going to roll into our third segment here. And that is through the week. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. So every week we drop five challenges that we're going to do, and we encourage you to do them along with us this week. We're talking about readiness. And so what are we going to be reading to start off the week here? We'll read Luke 12, 35 to 48, Mark 13, 32 to 37, Matthew 24, verse 36 through 25, verse 13, Ephesians 5, 7 to 21, and 1 Peter 4, verses 1 to 14. And thinking about that passage in Ephesians 5, Paul says, look carefully then how you walk. And Almost every time you give a small kid a job, at least in this house, 
there's a moment where you have to say, pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. You're spraying that Windex all over the place. Look where you're spraying it. You barely washed that pan. Pay attention to how you scrub it. And here Paul says, be very careful how you walk. And that word for careful could be translated, pay attention to what you're doing. And if you look at the text, he explains what it means to pay attention to our walk with these three contrasts. He says, be careful how you walk, not unwise, but wise, not foolish, but understanding God's will, and not drunk, but filled with the Spirit. He says, we live in evil days. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. That is, Satan is on the prowl. It's easy to waste our time. It's easy to get sloppy with the way we live our lives. So pay attention to what you're doing. You obviously have been eavesdropping into every conversation in our family about (laughs) instructing our little ones to do things. And for as frustrating as it is, when you watch a little kid who should know better, not paying attention, not giving something their full invested thought and care, like how often do I do that? How often do I have a conversation with somebody sitting right across from them, staring them right in the face, and I'm off in la-la land thinking about something else where I should be focused on what's going on in that moment. And man, if distraction is not something that I'm just completely dealing with every day of my life, it's a good reminder. Like, pay attention, which I guess kind of leads into the next challenge here, which is a reflect challenge, and that's to think about something spiritually, introspectively for ourselves and ask this question. When do I tend to let my guard down? When do I not take as much care as I know I should? And my answer to this, we've already talked about it about seven times. And it's (laughs) when it's routine. Mm. When things are a routine, when things are just something that I'm doing or I've done a dozen times before, hundreds of times before, I am more likely to just go into autopilot and not pay attention. And that's something we all struggle with. Like, I know that I'm less likely to be awake and alert when I'm just coasting through my worship, my relationships, the choices that I make in making wise choices or even preparing for the future. Like if I just take every day and coast through it, like you talked about sleepwalking, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to make a moment of those things. I'm never really going to invest thoughtfully and mindfully in a way that I'm going to look back on and be proud of the choices that I made because I wasn't really paying that much attention in the moment because it was routine. Yeah, I keep having this image of like grabbing on to the reins or if you're, you know, you're coasting, grabbing on to the the steering wheel of the ship. Even this picture of girding up your loins, there is a firmness, a determination, a resolution that comes with watchfulness that we have to have. And that ties in with this prayer. Lord, help me stay dressed for action. That's a request challenge that comes from Luke 12, verse 35. What does it mean to stay dressed for action? We talked about it a little bit earlier. Some friends of ours recently told us about something that a friend of theirs used to say a lot. He'd say when they came together in an assembly, did you come today wearing your bib or your apron. <laughs> in That's other good. words, are like you ready it. to serve or are you expecting to be served? Right. Are we dressed for action, ready to serve at all times, or are we just expecting other people to feed us and take care of us? And I think that's a really helpful question. Am I wearing my bib today or am I wearing <laughs> my apron? <laughs> yeah. So leading into our next challenge is a respond challenge, and it's to write down three things that you want to be on the lookout for today. And I was just thinking about this in terms of like, I don't know, I kind of like gamifying things Mm -hmm. and making a game 
out of looking out for things today. We do this on the road, like helping our kids pay attention to what's going on on a big road trip, like looking for things, watching for certain license plates or whatever. This may be helpful in keeping you a little bit more awake as you drive through life. So pick three areas of things that you want to be more mindful of, things that aren't just going to jump right out at you, things that you should be looking for throughout the day. Maybe it's like noticing a stranger who's hurting in some way. Maybe it's noticing a part of God's creation that you've never given attention to before. Maybe it's looking out for somebody in your life who mentions the Lord in some small way. Like there's all kinds of things, big and small, that we can be on like almost a spiritual scavenger hunt looking for throughout the day and be ready to jump in and take advantage of these opportunities that you're watching for. I love that. I love gamifying your attention, (laughs) you know, bringing some play. Spiritual growth should be sometimes at least fun, I think. Oh, yeah. And those are great ones that you mentioned. And maybe as you notice that someone is mentioning the Lord, it brings a conversation or maybe you're looking for an opportunity to start a spiritual conversation. That could be something to watch for which is what I'm going to do right now with our reach out challenge. Oh, no, here it comes. Brian, here's the question that we're encouraging everyone to ask this week. Ask someone and start a conversation. What sources of spiritual distraction have you regulated or eliminated from your life? I'm going to give you the one that probably jumps to mind sooner than anything else, because it's something that I have been working on a lot lately. A few episodes back, we talked about replaying conversations over and over again in our heads, and that can certainly be distracting. That's something I should probably get over too, but I have frequently found myself recently rolling over in my mind frustrations that I've had about a situation. Maybe not conversations, but maybe just things that I'm frustrated with about a situation, or maybe it's in regard to a particular person. Things that maybe I'm just nitpicking, not necessarily to somebody else. Like I may not be sharing this information with anyone else, but in my mind, maybe I'm just rolling over the negative feelings that I have about something or whatever I'm feeling that might not be positive with regard to some specific person. And to me, these are just huge sources of distraction. The more that I've caught myself recently in those moments, instead of being frustrated or thinking about all these bad things, like I've been intentional in trying to replace those moments with thoughts about how those situations and those people are blessings to me. Rolling over in my mind how much I appreciate the impact that they've had on me, what they've taught me, how God is using them, how God is bringing them to good things in their lives and how he's using them in every situation for good. And for me, it's just a small mental shift, but it's made a huge difference for me in like avoiding bitterness, avoiding distraction of comparison and frustration that comes as a result of that. And just focusing on good and positive things is something that we see definitely promoted throughout the Bible. But For me, it can be hugely distracting if all I'm doing is just thinking about frustrations that I'm having. No more picking nits, thinking of only positive things. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It really goes with both the defensive, you know, looking for those pitfalls you're going to fall into, and the offensive, looking for the good that can replace that. And it, it really, in a way, is similar to what I noted, because what you're talking about is a kind of noise that can get in the way of 
thinking the way you want to think about your life, your relationship with God, the things that you really want to give your attention to. And mm-hmm. and I was thinking about that idea, kind of speaking your language, I guess, from a, a job standpoint, radio signal strength and that kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking about how the signal strength from the Lord can wane when I have a lot of other input that creates mental tension for me, pulling at me in different ways. Some of it's I really was thinking right before this, I need to do a a weekly review because I haven't done one in a long time. And just these piles of things that I start thinking about too many things and I need to organize it all. But there's a lot of noise that I have eliminated. Try to cancel email lists and I don't allow any phone notifications for pretty much anything, especially phone calls. I try to delete any app that interrupts my thoughts. Worse than those empty distractions for me, though, is that relational noise that is really negative that comes when I let myself get caught up in drama that isn't mine to engage in. Oh, yes. (laughs) So much. It's everywhere because there's something interesting about it and there's empathy and there's concern and you can actually feel like you're doing something good by investing in it. Even when there's nothing I can do, it has nothing to do with me. You know, so there's there's some people that I limit my contact with. There's some hotbeds of family drama I try not to get entangled in. And then social media, of course, is a is a danger. Will Robinson zone where I, I have to really design how I'm going to interact. I want to use social media for good. I do use it some, but I really have made decisions about how to limit it and, you know, just not get pulled into stuff. It's a fine line because I don't want to cut myself off. We've talked about my hermit tendencies that I I can (laughs) just create too much distance. And I really want to invest in people. I really want to know What's going on? How can I serve? How can I support people? But I find it just so unproductive for me to get swept up in those conflicts I can't do anything about. So just looking out in my life for what is stressing me out. So cutting out noise that just gets in the way of the things that I really want to be thinking about. It is so hard because especially as you start thinking about like, oh, well, everything that you're doing that may be distracting, maybe there's a positive aspect to it. Maybe there's some kernel of like good in it. You know, being on social media, of course, as a perfect example, like, yeah, that's going to be a positive thing if you use it the right way. But then for me to be able to say and know myself well enough to say, yeah, but it's not good for me or it's not good for me right now. Or Mm -hmm. I'm in a season right now where I do not need to be distracted by that. To know yourself well enough to know where those pain points are is really important. And for all of us, I think being ready and being watchful is going to be a contextual, ever-changing, day-to-day kind of thing that you just have to be reevaluating the lay of the land and seeing what is it today that I need to cut out? What is it today that I need to address? What is Satan going to be doing to me today that I need to be on the watch for? Which actually leads into our next episode. So thinking about watchfulness here on the next episode, we're going to actually be talking about resisting the devil, actively taking action to resist the devil. And I have a feeling that some of the things we've just been talking about are going to sneak their way in there. As James talked about in James 4 verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
all of these different aspects of alertness and watchfulness are going to be essential to resisting the devil, to standing in defense and then pushing back against the devil to protect ourselves. And and it, it has to do with preparation as much as it has to do with what you decide in that moment of temptation. Oh, yeah. All right. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into the Bible Geeks podcast. You can find us on our website at BibleGeeks.fm. You can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or at BibleGeeks.fm slash 121. You can also follow along with this cross-training series there on our website as well. And if you have any questions, you want to reach out to us and ask us anything about the show, anything you want to hear about on upcoming episodes, we have a contact form on our website as well. Please reach out to us. We'd love to get in touch with you. Until next week, everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.